Well, welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. Good afternoon. Nice one, Sam. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing Happy today? Tuesday. There we go. Uh, what are we doing today, Sam? I don't know. You've got the figures in front of you. I've got some, I've got some, some information on some cars. There we go. Um, we're going to do, I recently test drove a, well, a test drive. Uh, my partner had it for a day, so I decided to go and have a drive in it, which was a Yaris, which was just a bit interesting because it's hybrid, and I wanted to check it out and see what it's all about with little hybrid cars. Mm-hmm. Um, because Sam and I have driven electric, and we've driven some hybrids, but not little hybrid. No. Nope. So, thought this is what we're going there. First off, though, I touched on this at the end uh, during la- the last podcast, which was I'm struggling to get excited about electric hot hatches, mainly because of the price. And yes. a hot hatch to me should tick three boxes. It needs to be fun, practical, and relatively. And I, you can put the terms relative in air quotes because relatively inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. But for what it is, you know, it's going to be a lot more expensive than the base model. It's going to be less money than a prestige version of, you know, yeah. the car. But what we're faced now with, and uh, Sam's got three cars, and we'll go through them in a minute. But there's the new Ionic 5, which I was writing about, would have been a couple of weeks ago now. And when I saw the price prediction that we were putting into the article, which was £60,000, <laughs> I thought, mm, that's wrong. Yeah, I thought maybe we're, you know. But then I looked at what the standard Ionic 5 comes in, and it starts at £40,000 and goes up to fifty-two. So they can't do an Ionic 5N without it being more than the top spec standard one. Yeah. Which leads you to then about £60,000, which, if you're into your electric cars, is about the sort of money of a Tesla Model 3 performance. <laughs> or, not far off, the uh, entry levels of BMW M3. Yeah, which is insane. This is a hot hatchback. Now, they're saying it, well, it'll have you know over 550 horsepower. Sam, I've put a, a rough figure for you, I think I put 560 horsepower. You put five, what are we looking at? The Ionic 5? Yeah. You put 580. 80, because that's the higher um, estimations of what it could be. Mm-hmm. But there is a problem here, and it's manufacturers saying, well, yeah, you, it'll be more expensive, a lot more expensive, but it'll be a lot more powerful. Yeah. And then you go, okay, hold on. Let's actually just, in, you know, let's interrogate that a little bit. Of course, it's electric. It'll be instant power and everything else. Great. But... How much power are you actually getting? Now, the best way to do that is brake horsepower per tonne. So I've given Sam a baseline, which is a £35,000 uh, Hyundai i30N, so mm-hmm. the current sort of hot hatch that Hyundai sell. I say about thirty-five grand. Yeah. 280-ish horsepower. Yep. So what have you got brake horsepower per tonne? 193. 193 horsepower per tonne. So we'll use that as sort of a baseline. That car, I say it was... You'd go into the dealer, they have it available now, it would be a 2-litre turbo, um, I, maybe it's got some sort of mild hybrid, but I don't think it has, but it's just, yeah. just petrol, basically. And you'd have it for £35,000, so I, th- I still think that's reaching at the top end of what a hot hatch oh, yeah, should be, yeah, yeah. but that is where they all start are starting to accrue in price. So we'll go off of that. Hyundai i30N, uh, sorry, the Ionic 5N. Yeah. What have you got for brake horsepower per tonne? Oh, 280. 280. Yeah. So another 100 horsepower per tonne, and it's just shy of double the price. Yes. 
It doesn't. I mean, because it weighs how much? Uh, just over two tons. And what's the um? If I put the, is the i thirty n weight there? Uh, one and a half. The five hundred kilos extra you've got to carry through every corner. Yeah. Like the fun aspect of it, I know they're going to use very clever, uh, very clever sort of um, driving. You know, they'll drive one wheel that we talk vectoring around the, yeah. the wheels because yeah, they yeah. can. But you're still moving a lot more heft, a lot more weight. <laughs> yeah. And so you need a lot more power. I mean, it's it's why to me when people say, "Well, yeah, but it's all about power." It's like, well, well it's not because you use more energy to to get that power. Yeah. I mean, a truck has loads of power. The, you can go and find a 600 horsepower truck, that, like a lorry. It's quite thirsty though, isn't it? Very thirsty, <laughs> and it'll probably do 0 to 60 in 30, maybe 40 seconds. Yeah. Like, a, you know, a big truck that's with a full load behind it. Isn't, you can, they are going to have to be very powerful. A plane is very powerful. Yeah. And yeah, we've got 100 mile an hour through the air, but <laughs> it doesn't do 0 to 60 in a great lick of speed because it's got to get it all going. So yeah, I think this is where you have to be a bit careful with a power figure. The other two that are coming around, so the one that you can actually buy is the Seat Born, which quotes itself to be Cooper a hot Born. hatch. Cooper Born, sorry. Did I say Seat again? You did. It's a Cooper Born. Yeah. That's the one you could actually buy, because the other car we're going to talk about is the ID3 GTX, mm-hmm. which is not out yet. Cooper Born, you can actually buy it, and in the top trim, was it 230 horsepower, Sam? Yeah. And then it costs, I think, about £45,000. It does. But weighs two tons right and your horsepower per ton is 120 so that's less than i had in my honda civic type r of a decade ago yeah quite a lot less because that thing only weighed about 1300 kilos yeah and it had 200 horsepower so i suppose that's the problem with the carrying around all the batteries it's all the weight yeah yeah what's the the id3 gtx what's the power going to be on that is it 340 yes i think so yeah about that 330 i say they're not 100% 100% sure yet yeah, cuz they haven't released the car. Yeah. So we're going to be around that figure. What is that what's that weight wise put it uh, to? 1.8 which gives you 140 horsepower per ton. So that probably for, is more for in 40 line. to 50,000. So for a 50,000 pound car you can buy a car that will have less horsepower per ton than a Golf R. Yeah. But, but you'll be, be happy about it. I don't know. No, you will be happy <laughs> about it. I think the biggest challenge for me is I can be happy with power if you can afford it and all those cars are between 40 and 60,000 pounds and they they brand themselves as hot hatches this is not me and sam yeah. sort of putting them together and saying Which, oh well, look it's how it fine if you're if you're going to back it up but you don't go shouting about it if it's not going to be it no and it say it has to be practical which these will be and it has to be fast which these will be but it does have to tick the box of affordable yeah and i just wonder how many of you are 20 to 30 how many of our listeners aged 20 to 30 were thinking oh i'd really like to get something quick i can't really afford a sports car maybe a hot hatchback it ticks enough boxes right and they're walking to a dealer at the minute they walk into volkswagen they'll say it's thirty-three thousand pounds for a golf they go into hyundai as we've said it's thirty-five thousand pounds this is a lot of money already they could get an i20 yeah uh, n which would be twenty-five thousand pounds the polo gti i think is more like 26 Yaris is 30 grand for the GR Yaris um, because of the all-wheel drive and everything else they've got going on. I think it was a Ford Fiesta ST, but you can't buy a Fiesta at the minute. But again, that would be early, about 23, 24. 
still quite a lot. It's still a lot for what it is. I mean, Fiesta STs used to be less than £20,000. Yeah. And now they're not. You'd you know? be expecting the sort of bigger hatches to be in the 20s. That, that's where they usually are, and they've all moved up. But the problem is people's budgets haven't necessarily moved no, up. No, if that's... anything, they've gone down. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I do just wonder, those listeners we have who are 20 to 30, who maybe they've sort of listened to us talk about cars we've owned or cars we've driven or whatever else, and they think, yeah, I'd quite like to get a hot hatchback. And then they think, well, if I'm not going to buy petrol and I'm going to look for hybrid or fully electric, yeah. what have I got to pay? Too much. <laughs> I mean, if you have a £60,000 hatchback, you're in a very sort of fortunate position, I would say, um, budget-wise. Like that's that's not your average buyer. He's no, not going not out with all, a sixty thousand no. pound budget. I know it's all payments and everything else, but at the end of the day, if the principal that you're borrowing is sixty thousand pounds, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's uh, unless it's going to be worth fifty five thousand pounds in three years, in yeah. which case it's fine. But it's it's just really not because those used buyers. I mean, how many people? If you say it's sixty thousand new. That means the used buyer of three years needs to be saying, I want to spend 30 to 30. If cars lose around 50% of value mm. in the first three years, but with a bit of dealer markup, it'd be about £35,000. So someone's got to walk <laughs> around saying, I've got £35,000 to spend on a used hot hatch that's three years old. I'm not, I don't know where that market is. Is it not you? It's not me. Are you sure? Uh, You've usually walking around with 30 to 35 pence to spend on it. <laughs> <laughs> I used something. I'm just wondering what that market is because at that price bracket for used, there's a lot of quite nice things. Yeah, well, well for that money, yeah. But for a three-year-old yeah, used yeah. car um, in there. So, because as I say, you're starting to fall outside of warranties. I know Hyundai will give you a, a five or a seven, whatever, you know, I know there's longer warranty periods for them, but you are, for general manufacturers, saying to fall outside of warranties. Oh, 100%. So I'm just wondering where those used buyers are and where the new buyers are. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe there is a whole host of people really keen out there with very large amounts of money, and they're just waiting for the electric hot hatch revolution to start. But I might... Let us know if you're there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I say, if it was... Even if it was £40,000, I'd at least say, well, a Golf R now gets up to that price. Yeah, so, well, if it's comparable, then yeah, fine. But when you're but saying... you're not going to entice people in by charging... A lot more. An like, extra a certain percentage more. on top. Yeah, not a little bit more, but a lot more. That seems like a bit of a challenge. And I'm not, not really sure where that goes, because where's the next... Where's the hot... I mean, maybe the hot hatch market disappears... And we have a sports car market. But if it's 60 grand for a hot hatch, what's the price of an electric sports car? 60. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it, it would just be interesting. But for now, I don't think I'm going to do much reporting on them for the miles driven. I no. Just, I was no, interested fair. when we were talking about the Cooper Bourne in our earlier podcasts. It's a good looking car. And it starts, I think it starts at about £36,000. Yeah, but that's for the smaller battery, lower powered. Doesn't mean they've all good. got to be so rounded as well because they've got to be aerodynamic. So you don't get yeah. the angles anymore. Yeah, exactly that. And then they have to be raised a little bit because the black battery on the floor. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It just yeah, you know, it's when you learn that the entry price. When people used to say, "Oh, you can buy a Focus ST," and it starts at twenty two thousand. 
Yeah. But the one you want is actually 25,000 because they had an ST, ST2, ST3. But then you can accept that. You, you can, be because like, you walk into yeah, the dealer and okay. you go, okay, 3,000, but the engine's the same. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You still get the same power and everything else, whatever you do. Yeah. But you get to have leather and all this sort of bits and pieces. And you go, well, three grand, yeah, okay, I'll probably do that. When it's, well, the entry one you really don't want. <laughs> and you need to spend five grand to get one that's acceptable. Mm. Maybe not so much. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I might be different. I mean, Sam, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if you disagree with me, please tell me. But... I usually do disagree with you, but well, on that not one. this time. <laughs> um, Sam, who makes the fastest car in the world? Country. No, oh, it's not France. I'm guessing then. It's n- well, anymore. Well, uh, who knows? Because they all make claims. So uh, oh, okay. it's, it's really. Sweden. Well, it's one of those um, sort of. It's become one of those questions that you ask just to catch people out because yeah. everyone's always claiming Sweden. It. So you would have guessed France or Sweden because I guess Bugatti and Koenigsegg. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else you would have guessed? Oh, there's the American companies usually yeah. make a one-off thing. So that America, travels at six million miles an hour France, into space and back. Sweden. Anyone? Any other countries you'd no. guess? You're going to tell me something stupid like the UK now. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, the other guesses would be sort of Germany, maybe. Yeah, Italy, maybe. Because. The UK. Those would be you're sort of rounding off. If I said, guess who makes the fastest car in the world? Yeah. Well, a company that is claiming they have made the fastest car in the world or will make the fastest car right. in the world. New Zealand. Right. Okay. With the Rodin. Yeah. Which looks. I've got a picture just for you, Sam. Um, just for me. Have you found it on the internet? Uh, yeah, I found it. So not internet. just for me then. No, not just for you. <laughs> and unfortunately, I had it and I've clicked off of it onto different bit of information so you'll have to fill for a moment for me um, there it is oh good <laughs> <laughs> successfully filled it looks like a tarantula at the front it doesn't look like a car that you'd want to drive down to the <laughs> shops does it what no, do you think Sam? no it looks dreadful so it's called the it looks Rodin. like a really bad batmobile yeah that's it yeah so it's like a track car that um if you're listening to this and you can't sort of look away you know maybe you're driving or something it's what's what would be the equivalent track car that that's kind of close to? Um, There's that, but not it's not the BAC Mono. There's one that also has sort of um, it's like it, a beefed up Aerial Atom. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> to an extent, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, with a lot more sort of spoilers going on. Yeah, and so they're claiming that that's the oh, someone's just going along with a pop 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 yeah. pop pop pop. For some reason, these have got sort of just off topic. Some they've got so popular these crack and bang. Yeah, well, that was a motorbike. Was that most? Yeah, that, that was. was. Motorbike, yeah. I, I can't for some cars because there's a couple of nicer sort of exotic cars around here. Yeah, that I'm not sure. Oh, that's a motorbike. No, it is. Sam's, Sam's 100%. I, I'm 100%. He's 100%, that's 100% a motorbike, yeah. everyone. Well, if that does come through on the recording and you think differently, then please message us on to Facebook. There was a bloke driving along in an old Golf. Oh yeah, the other day, but he'd modified his exhaust so that it did that. So it went bang, 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 yeah. bang, bang, bang. And he's just driving through a town centre at seven o'clock in the morning. And I'm just like, what are you achieving? Yeah. You've no- done nothing else to the car apart from change the system so it pops and bangs when you take your foot off the accelerator. It just looks awful. It sounds like your car's broken. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> different to the dump valves that you used to have where they yeah, just went... Yeah, they were funny. <laughs> you used I to did. like doing that in your Audi. I did, yeah. <laughs> and I, but it was the thing of, I wasn't really upsetting a lot of people. I could hear it. Maybe yeah. the car next to me could hear it. Yeah, but it wasn't offensively loud. All it was was... Tsh, yeah. Which isn't offensive. Cars make louder noises than that. No. Well, they, they do now, yeah. Those, well, yeah. I just... 
for me, I understood when old TVRs used to pop and crackle on Overrun, but they yeah, did it once course, or yeah. twice, and it's because they had an absolutely ferocious V8 under the bonnet. Yeah. When you've got, like you say, like an old Golf four-cylinder that's just just cracking absolutely and banging. knackered. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this road in. Um, 223 mile an hour claimed top speed. That's not the fastest car in the world then, is well, it? Well, it's the fastest accelerating, according to them. Well, yeah, but that's not the fastest car in the world, is it? Well, it the depends. fastest car in the world goes the fastest top speed. Depends how you de- define it. Is it the fastest to yes. get to a set no. speed? Or is no. it... it's the fastest to get to it. It's the, well, it's, not, it's the one that gets the fastest would be the fastest car in the world. So what's... Because fi- it's moving the fastest. What's faster, Concorde or a motorbike? Concorde. But wouldn't but a most bike would get going faster? It would. It's 100 mile an hour. Right, yeah. Then but then we it, usually drag then race then to a, a set distance. Well, so if you're doing drag racing. Yeah. So if you were drag racing to New York. Well, you're going to help you get to London. That, then. <laughs> well, no, Bugatti have always said the fastest car is the top by top speed. Well, of course it is. Sam agrees. Well, it's just fact. <laughs> I just like the fact that New Zealand. But the reason I wanted to pick this up. Do you remember we had a, a listener question in the previous podcast about Australian yes. rules and stuff ruining their car oh, culture? Oh, don't group them together. Was it up? What did I say? We can't just group Australia and New Zealand together. They don't like each other. Oh, that well, much, no. They? The the guy who um, has invented this car company, Rodin, yeah. he is Australian, okay. uh, born in Sydney, and he's decided, he's, he has said himself that he, it's not possible for him to start this car company in Australia. So he has gone to New Zealand. Oh, well, there you go, you see. So, Australian car culture is dead. According to this guy, yeah. He's a, he said that basically, for, from a point of R&D, testing, putting cars on the street, driving them around, all the stuff that you need to do to become a car company. Yeah. He's saying that's just impossible. To, to get onto the road with something that is not, you know, passed for all the legal stuff yet because you're testing it. This is what we see a lot with spy shots that happen in Germany. It happens yes. in the UK, actually, yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. And you'll see yeah. a car fully camouflaged, and it just drives around. Now, generally, it has to be has to fit certain minimum expectations. Yeah, but the whole course. point of it is that it's testing to make sure it can be sold. Yeah. So it can't be perfect because it's not been built and finished yet to you know be sold. Yeah. So that's why it's testing. And he's just saying it would have been impossible to do that with this car. So just to just to add on to that question, uh, yeah, people now are yes, making, <laughs> yeah, making the claimed fastest car in the world. Yeah, but it's not though, is just it? Just to annoy Sam. But it's not though. Well, it may maybe the production version will be even faster. What by like forty miles an hour? Maybe. I doubt it. <laughs> well, it might maybe they're doing that with like a V eight, and they're going to add. A oh, they're doing a Mercedes. They're sandbagging. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that down down one of those New Zealand roads somewhere yeah. in the middle of the night, there's going to be a car just hell for leather. <laughs> Does New Zealand have enough straight roads to do it? In? They're probably building one. Yeah, down down the runway, just on the, the coast, the main runway of <laughs> yeah, you know, Auckland Airport. Or yeah, something, or Christchurch. Like, look, we need to close this runway, and we've got to do a sprint <laughs> run up. In fact, if you could build a little bit extra on the end of it, that'd be great. <laughs> so, that is the fastest car in the world. No, it's to, not, according to Sam. That's good. Done that. Next, Sam, was this driving a Yaris. Now, there's a few things here that I want to point out because I think I think you'll agree with me on some of this stuff. I'm not sure you'll have the same issues I have with others. The one thing I did fit. Very good. Just. Better so, than the Corolla. Better than the Corolla. So this had a panoramic roof. Right. With, with a, like a, um, like a sunblind, but it was like a very thin material. Okay. Now I couldn't fit in with the 
with the sunblind closed. So I had oh. to open the sunblind up, put my head where the gap. So that wouldn't be very good on a day like today. Mm, wouldn't be amazing. Although it was very dark, a very dark tint on this sunroof. Okay. So it wasn't awful, but you know, yeah, less than ideal. Less than ideal. So I, I, I would have it without a sunroof okay. if I had that option. Now, a couple of things that interested me though is that you sit. Um, basically, it's the, the standard problem that a lot of Japanese manufacturers have, and it's the way you sit in the car. If you do have slightly longer legs, your knee ends up too high, which puts okay. your ankle at an odd position to control the accelerator. It's almost right. like the pedals are a bit too high, the seat's a bit too sort of. Uh, I don't want to say high, but it's it's sort of so at an odd angle. Yeah, for the pedals that. So then the only way to drive it is to have your ankle sort of as flexed upwards as possible oh, that's unless painful. you are throttling it all the time which well, maybe that's what they want yeah maybe that's <laughs> it i mean Toyota have said they want to sell enthusiast cars so maybe they just want all of their customers to be redlining at all times <laughs> yeah it would have been fine for that but that was um that was my slight complaint of it okay if they could have positioned that a bit better that would have been that would have been nicer however i can completely understand why and in the, by the end of the drive, I don't see why you buy a Vauxhall, Ash, a Corsa, a Ford Fiesta, go and buy a Yaris. Yeah. Because that hybrid system, so I set off, you know, fully electric, went up the road that I got with speed bumps and stuff. Yeah. Did the whole journey up the road on electric, just rolling along. Okay. Which was very sort of just easy. You know, I mean, it's an automatic. The, the odd thing with automatic, Sam, I don't know if you've ever had this. When you put it in park, it puts the handbrake on for you yeah yeah and when you put it in drive it takes the handbrake off for you okay so you kind of think well what's the point in giving me the handbrake yeah you almost don't need it i've got hill hold assist yeah i've got an automatic gearbox but do you have like a handbrake button then button separate that you just see the light it's not necessary yeah yeah you just kind of think and for me because i'm me i wanted to do it myself of course so because you want to feel like a man yeah exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so that was a bit weird but apart from that you roll off that that sort of slow cruise, the one thing you're listening for in a hybrid, and one thing that I think is a bit of an issue, when you're rolling along in silence, if it's not very well put together, it just rattles. Oh, and really? It, of yeah, course, like, yeah, because you haven't got, there's not as much vibration yeah. or sound or anything to cover up. You know how if you've ever had, you've gotten a really old used car, just a really old, like a 20-year-old car, and there's a rattle somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And you just kind of accept, well, something's broken, you know. No one's given the time to investigate what. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's, you know, a piece of plastic in a dashboard or somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, you put the stereo on a little bit and you start driving, you can't hear it anymore. Now, in a hybrid, there's, there's no getting away from it. If something isn't nailed down perfectly, you will hear it and it will irritate you. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, is it? As it, it will actually drive you mad. Yeah, it will, because yeah. you can't get around it. It would for me. I know that. I might actually, <laughs> at some point, get you a hybrid tab for a week and deliberately unscrew something very far away sort of in a corner somewhere you're very kind yeah just just to hear your review of it on the podcast which would be this is the worst car in humanity (laughs) (laughs) just because it's driven you up the wall but no um i say my driving position wasn't great but once i was got going and the fact i didn't get any noises so that was the first sort of big tick box because if there'd been a rattle yeah that would have been a pain the next thing that was very impressive was this is a small car small battery small engine yeah my expectations of acceleration are 
Low. It will eventually get to a speed that I find acceptable. <laughs> because as you turn out to the top of where I live, you go straight onto a 60 road. Like yes. the roundabout goes straight onto a 60. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll turn out here and let's see what, it's, see what it picks up like. Because other cars, if they're going over the roundabout, they're going to have a lot more speed because I've sort of joined yeah. side on. Yeah. It, it picked up. That, that initial boost, obviously it's got the batteries. That initial boost with that little engine, it felt like it was turbocharged, but with an immediate turbo. Well, that's good. So it got up to, say, 30, 40-ish very quickly. After that, that's where it sort of struggles a bit more. A bit more, but by the time you're doing that speed, the pet- if you really are pushing, you know, the petrol engine just kind of picks up and takes you there anyway. Yeah. It's just you're, you're back to the speed you expect to be. Mm-hmm. But that initial point, and I thought there's a, a, a when I sold cars, what a lot of people used to say to me was, how quickly does it get going? You know, how quickly does it go around the roundabout? And people were always concerned that they were going to get stuck, basically. Like they saw yeah. a gap, couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah. That was a constant worry. Um, and you're just going to get people behind you, just getting more and more aggressive. <laughs> yeah, and irate and thinking, oh, you know, you just, you know, you, you, you're, because the problem is, if, if it is a bit slow, uh, if you buy something that is a bit slow to get going, you worry about it all the time. Yeah, of course you do, yeah. And then if you ever do see gaps, you never take advantage of them. No. Because you, you're thinking, oh, no, I'm, oh, you're not sure and you don't want to cut up people. No. And uh, some people obviously get very angry and start chasing down the road. And yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it, but I can understand, particularly for certain customers, it was a, a real concern that yeah. they would not have enough. They, they weren't looking to go naught to 100 in two seconds. They were looking to go from naught to 20. Yeah, just to get out of those just, gaps and yeah, the side just, junctions. Just to get and, moving. Well, it's good that they didn't have that issue then. No, not at all. And when I took it um, a bit further and I thought, oh, I'll stretch its legs at, say, 30. Mm-hmm. 30 to 40, genu- genuinely, it took one second. Wow. 30 to 40. You're doing 30, you're doing 40. That's that, good. That mid-range then, over that or under that, it wasn't quite as quick. Yeah. Because you've, you've still got a petrol engine with a gearbox that if you're pushing, it's still got to shift through its gears and everything else. Yes. Yeah. But 30 to 40, which is... For the majority of people who are buying a Yaris, I would say that's their speeds, 30 to 40. Yeah, when you're, you're going around. You're going around out of town and... towns and cities, so you're either restricted to 30, in which case you really can't take advantage. You just want to say, get going quickly. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, you'll probably be limited to 40 or 50. Yeah, because yeah, you'll be on the, the roads going in or out of. Yeah, so until you get to then a, 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 a national speed, mm-hmm. and in which case... If you've bought a very small car, you kind of accept it, unless you bought the sporty version. You yeah. know, if you buy a GR, you if you really want to. That's why you buy the sporty version. <laughs> yeah. So that, I, I thought that was really impressive, that 30 to 40, you know, just pick up. Like, if there had been... Yeah, that's know, a massive positive for the car. It was, and as I say, <laughs> I got out of it, and I thought... So I could have got, you know, I know it's slightly more expensive than the base spec Corsa, but what you have to remember is at the minute... Because there's supply shortages across the world, the average spec, you know, like you used to walk into a dealer and say, oh, you know, I'm not after anything too fancy. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the base spec and what's the one up from that? A bit like if you were going into a restaurant and you sort of say, what's the cheapest wine, the second cheapest wine, and then go and get the second cheapest. Is yeah. So a lot of people like to do that with spec. They don't quite want the very base model unless it is just a, a tool. Yeah, of course. But you, one want up from, you want something on it. Yeah, one up from base. The problem is that manufacturers at the minute, because they got restrictions on uh, chips, basically, 
they're not interested in selling anything that isn't got a huge markup. No, of course they're not. No. Uh, what was it? It was Kia. They only sell, if you buy the Kia Seed yeah. and you want the wagon, you can only buy it in one trim with one engine. Really? Yeah. And they sell it in like four trims with three different engines. <laughs> but they've just dropped loads of bits and they're just like, yeah, we'll drop that and we'll drop that as well and we'll drop that and we'll drop that. So if you walk in, it's like, yeah, you walk in, choose your paint, give someone £25,000. That's insane. That, that's that's your your option. Like holding people to ransom. Yeah, it is basically either give us lots of money for what we want. Yeah, or don't or, have it. Or don't have it, which is fine if you walked in there like, well, that's the one I wanted anyway. But yeah, it's quite a slender bunch because you know, as I say it, it's not the one that's one up from the base. No, which would be yeah. And so what you I was the, accept it a bit more then. The reason I say that is because people thinking, well, the Yaris might be a bit more expensive than say the Corsa that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Will go into your Vauxhall dealer and say. Well, can I get a base one? Because I think their answer is no. Or can I get one up from base? No. No, but here you go. Have a look at this. Have have basically two off the very top spec we sell. Yeah. And so at that point, that's where I get drawn back to the Yaris. I say, well, well yeah, you if would. you're spending the same money, this is a better car. For the same money, if the, if the Corsa was cheaper, if the Fiesta was cheaper, then I get it. It's, you know the course is going to develop more rattles more quickly as well. Yeah, and probably <laughs> it just pro- is probably the Ford. Um, although both of them have had steps up in their build quality over and over again. But yeah, but they're still the sort of the small version of what those companies offer, and they never put as much effort into the small stuff as they do the bigger stuff, do they? No, I mean a Mustang gets more attention than, than exactly. the base model Fiesta. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, oh, by the way, Vauxhall are thinking of bringing back the VXR Astra. Oh, good. Electric only. Oh. Yeah. It's a real roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, that was. So that'll be about 40 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 40 your, grand and useless. Get your wallet out, Sam. Um, what was the other things that I quite liked? It had, right, this was, a, this was a big selling point for me. Massive. Because it had the lane keep assist and it had the, what's the thing, uh, lane centering. And okay. I immediately thought, this is going to be rubbish. Yeah. Because and I've I was because you've had it before, and, haven't you? And I've been thrown out of a lane. You know, yeah. you just think this is rubbish. This system, I left it on on full, and I drove it around all the roads where I live, where there's only a few of them that have sort of really clear markers. Yeah. And my partner said she'd used that coming on along the motorways, and it it would, it would it centre you in a lane on the motorway. That's but cool. around here didn't intrude at all oh interesting so that to me was big because if you do want these systems and you are worried about it you get it where it matters most which is when you're doing high speed on a motorway yeah but you don't get thrown into a cyclist when you're just trying to make a move <laughs> yeah. to overtake them because that's the big concern with these you know we've got all these rules about we need to make sure cyclists are being you know give them enough space and stuff if your car is literally fighting you to not get out of the lane yeah that, that's where they haven't thought about it because those two laws exist simultaneously in the UK. Cars now having to bring in all these driver assists at the same time you have to give a cyclist about four million yeah. miles of space. But if you try and get out of your lane, the system fights you because you're coming towards oncoming traffic in another lane. The people that make this need to go and watch iRobot. They do, yeah. With the three laws. Yes, they do, yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, one of the robots found a way around that. Yeah, exactly, so. yeah. Um, but no, I, that was a big selling point for me because if you have to have the system, like as if it's just standard, if it, yeah, if it's going to be law, and then... if I could turn it off, it was a button on the steering wheel. You have to click it twice. Oh, sorry, you have to 
you have to hold it and that turns it off and if you click it once it turns half the system on for the lines and if you hot press it again it turns it for centering that's nice and complicated yeah this is the thing because <laughs> again my partner said to me oh you can't turn it off and i said you can like, they all these systems at the moment yeah uh, you can turn off and she's well i couldn't figure it out and i just thought well if i'm clicking and it's only going between the two then it'll probably be a hold and i did held yeah. it for about five seconds in it but every time you get in the car you'd have to hold it yeah because it'll just reset itself it just on. resets every single time and so if that had been an intrusive system, that would have been, this car would get two stars out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been move on. But because it wasn't intrusive where I didn't want it to be, yeah. i.e. where it couldn't quite tell whether the, where the line was on the lanes and things like that, it decided, well, we'll let the driver, you know, if there's no line here for me to dictate, then I'll let the driver take over. But on the motorway, for the people who do want these systems, mm-hmm. it does work. Well, that's good. What are you giving it out of 10? Hold on, I haven't finished oh, reviewing okay. it yet, so... Blimey. He's just so keen to get moved on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it had an EV mode... Yeah. ...where you can, like, you press a button and it just runs on batteries. Okay. However, I couldn't operate it once. Oh. <laughs> As in, I kept pressing the button. It kept telling me I haven't got enough battery charge to use EV-only right. mode. Okay. So I kept driving, thinking, well, that will charge it up. Oh, I'll do this bit of hard braking here right okay i'll go on this bit right now I'll press the button and it would give me about one second and then say ev mode not available because obviously you can't plug it in you can't plug it in so you just have to be charged right when you want that but EV it won't ever be charged i mean i <laughs> maybe from factory i tried <laughs> as in i wasn't thinking oh, no, i'll just hit it and oh it didn't work oh well i thought oh well it's not got it that's fair enough i've been stopped for a minute let me go and drive around and i'll break and you know and all this sort of stuff that will give the batteries top yeah. up and you, you can see on the screen it tells oh, okay. you where the power's going so it is the battery right. and the engine going to the wheels are the wheels sending regenerative energy back to the battery is it the battery only all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff so you well, can that's good because that's the sort of thing you want to be looking at while driving oh yeah i mean obviously what you want because and the screen is lifted so it's right up in your eye view good so you can just be looking at that instead of out the windscreen perfect well, I'm glad we're making these jumps and advances. Oh, yeah, huge advances. I mean, if anything, anything that had walked out while someone is just staring at that to try and max their batteries, yeah. then, yeah, well, you miss them entirely. But you've got all your driver aids. Well, that's good. It'll keep you in. You need them. So when you try and swerve, it'll keep you in the lane keep to you run in the, the lane. So you, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Sam's trying to distract me here. And he's taking my mind. I succeeded. Yeah. Uh, what I don't like is that, do you remember it used to, I think we used to have this sort of, debate or uh, argument uh, let's put it to that right sam was subaru i think yeah when we were at school yeah, yeah and i, I was, was mitsubishi like subaru, yeah. i was evo yeah. you were subaru and we didn't t- we didn't try and kill each other because of no, it, no, no. <laughs> it was brilliant because what would happen is and this is what was so fantastic about automotive competition and being fans of a brand and having friends yeah. that don't agree with you and constantly having a back and forth is that uh, yeah, say they say when the Evo 8 came out and they were mm-hmm. like, right, it's the FQ 300. And I'm like, look, Sam, 300 horsepower is faster than your one. Then Subaru go, we've got the WRX STI. WR1. Yeah. <laughs> so this got 330 horsepower. And you're like, well, so look, mine's better, blah, blah, blah. And, like, oh, and it comes in a special color. Yeah. And then Mitsubishi go, okay, we've done the FQ 360. I'm like, look, Sam, there's a 360. And so then uh, they go, uh, so Subaru go, right, we're doing 400 horsepower. And then so <laughs> Mitsubishi go, right, we're doing 400 horsepower. And all you get is more. Of yeah, everything, something to have great sort of back and forth to, and 
you know, you could go to a car meet and see someone who owned an Evo and say, ah, Subaru. Or, as I saw in Australia, very commonly, at Ford and Holden. Yeah, okay. But you know what? These people weren't stabbing each other. No. They didn't like each other. But But they wouldn't go home and sit on the internet and just try and destroy each other's lives over it. No, they'd go to Bathurst, see one, give each other a good ribbon, whoever was on the other side, the wrong side of that, and go out next year, you know, or, or the next race. You know, it's just... That to me is what made cars a bit like with sports. Yeah. So addictive to watch because if you knew one made a move and you were on that side, you, you sort of you knew it was your time to be quiet and they were gonna have their bit of a victory. But your your team were gonna do something. There was gonna yeah. be something in the works. And of course it's cars, so it's gonna take six months or something, but it's gonna happen, you know. And this is what, you know, BMW with the M five, then E sixty three AMG, and then R S six and all this stuff just kept getting you know, well, they might be a bit faster, but ours goes around a corner a bit quicker. And yeah, Progress STs, Astro VXRs. You know, all of this stuff, you know, right down to the point where you've suddenly got up GTIs. Yeah. Who makes the fastest, quite literally, mini city car? Yeah. And mini are there. Well, we make the Cooper S. And, well, we, now we're doing a John Cooper Works one. And, uh, yeah, that's fantastic to me. That's what it's all about. And yeah. I don't like it when it's just... But if your Mitsubishi had, you know, blown up blown and up. killed its driver, you wouldn't come into school and go... Yeah, well, it was the driver's fault. No, I'd say that's rubbish. (laughs) Yeah, but maybe it is time to buy a Subaru, mate. Yeah, it's a bit indefensible when the car's just flipping over for no apparent reason. (laughs) Driving in a straight line at 30 and suddenly it's on its roof. Yeah, it just, that's where you sort of go, well, do you know what? I think your Subaru is a bit better for now. But I think the other thing is, it was being willing to just go, oh, I think yours is, uh, yeah, I think that's a good one. This is, again, what you see at a car meet. If someone's bought, say, a Mustang. Mm Mm-hmm. And someone else has bought a BMW M3. And they go, well, I've spent more money, you know, because yeah. I wanted this. And someone goes, well, I'm as fast as you. Well, in a straight line you are, but I've got you around the corner. Oh, that's a good one, but I've got the engine noise. This is the part of the back and forth. Like, clearly, you don't agree because you didn't buy yeah. the same car. <laughs> yeah. But the point of car culture has always been, if everyone just turned up in a Golf GTI, you would be the Golf GTI owners club. You wouldn't be yeah. a car mate. <laughs> yeah. You know. But that's and, how you have a conversation with someone, isn't oh, it? It's so. brilliant. And, and you understand suddenly why, for example, when the Hyundai i30N came out, people would say, well, why would you buy that over a Golf GTI? Yeah. Why, why would you? Because it's a four-door hatchback. Blah, blah. And so the owners would then come out, the people who actually said, no, I can see what they've done here and I mm-hmm. prefer this or that. They could come out and make their case and people who had not thought about those things would hear about it and think, that's oh, quite like that. This one doesn't bother me. I I fear we may be losing a little bit of that with oh massively people yeah. just screaming at each other when cars clearly have done a bad job. And we remember Bugatti got outdone for their top speed by that American company. Yes. They didn't go, well, that's actually a Lotus Elise that's been stretched and blah, 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 the Hennessy. Yeah. They just went, okay, very good. Here's and the Bay One Supersport. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they went back to their home base and said to their engineers, it appears some Americans have stretched Los Elise, put a massive engine in it, and beaten us. So someone add 300 horsepower to this car. Yeah, and, and make it black and orange. Yeah, and someone <laughs> went, oh, okay, yeah, that'll be a bit of a challenge. Can we have a couple of months? Yeah, you can have a couple of months. Yeah. And then off they went. And what did we get from it? We've got James May driving it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all part of the, the fun of it, I think, sometimes. But anyway, I got way off the point of my Yaris. Are we still on that? Yeah, yeah. The whole on... podcast is about you talking about Yaris. <laughs> um, I just want to... I'll, t- I'll, I'll end it with 
I've got to give it a score as well. So. Yeah, I've got to give it a score. But I just want to see if there's anything else that I've missed. I've, I mentioned about it feeling like it had a small turbo, but with no lag. Okay. Um, the only thing I didn't like, again, it's got the button for nav, but it hasn't got nav. Now, they're not... What? F- oh, is it because it hasn't been installed? Yeah, so it ha- okay. they're not the first ones to do this, but where you would get all the hardware, but you don't get all the software, because it wasn't a high enough spec model to get that as standard. Okay. So you sit there and you're like, ah, oh, well, hold on a minute. You know, what have I got to do? And it's like, oh, yeah, you can get a software update, but you've got to pay over 100 quid. It's not a subscription. Yeah, okay. It was just well, a that's case, right, then. Yeah, yes. it was just a case of when you've got the button, it just feels a bit cheap to sort of say, oh, there's your button. <laughs> what does yeah. it do? Oh, it brings up a, 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 a screen that says you didn't buy the nav, so you haven't <laughs> so got you it. you can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, score out of 10. In that segment, that for me gets... Um, what do we do our miles? Score? Oh, it's the SAM score, isn't it? We, have, we haven't done that in absolutely so ages. So I'll bring it back. So it's steering, acceleration, maneuverability. Uh, not steering, sorry. Specification. You all have to do it, though, because I haven't driven the car. Yeah. <laughs> specification, acceleration, maneuverability. Uh, specification was good, but could I, I didn't like the roof, the panoramic roof, because it took away headspace. But that's a problem for me. If you're not particularly tall, you'll be fine. Okay. Um, although then again, Sam, you and I for upper body aren't too far off. No. So no, you just have the seat further back than I do. Yeah, so I think you would have also struggled. Okay. So uh, it's just the upper body part of it for me. The seat didn't quite go low, low enough. But um, specification, the rest of the spec of the car was quite good, but it just wasn't as high as I'd like. So that can have a seven. The acceleration was very good, though. For this spec, that gets a nine. For this, you know. Okay area of cars that's right up there so yeah. i don't think many things would be quicker than you know on this price bracket and, and everything else and maneuverability you know the way it moved around the road was absolutely fine um bit of a dead feeling in steering but then it's electric rack in a small city car so i'm not expecting um it to be challenging you know ferrari or no i think that's fair yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it can have a or oh, it can have an eight for that so what, does that, what does that give it? So I gave it a seven, an eight, and a nine. Twenty-four. So divide that by the best number. Divide that by three. Why eight? Because it's overall score. Eight. Eight out of ten. Very good. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Eight out of ten for the mathematics end. on the miles driven. There we go. That is the end of the show. Well, there we go. There we go. Sam's very happy about that because he thought there was going to be another segment that was going to get snuck in. No, but... just what? Well, yeah. Well, I'm used to you going right. Well, now we're moving on to. I'm going to double check. Actually, <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I haven't now forgotten something, but I'm pretty sure that was what was in the notepad this week. So, um, couldn't get excited about electric EVs yet. Oh, I forgot we did that. Yeah, yeah. I do hope they bring something. Say... Such, sorry, such was the the majesty of your Yaris review. Oh, exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't anything other reason other than I was just so taken away. Yeah. To a different dimension. Well, the I, the exquisiteness of your surprise you're not review. floating in the room. No. I feel like I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's a, okay. There's a there's a much longer thing, which is another podcast entirely. We're going to talk talk about Ooh. in an in the upcoming podcast. We're going to talk about superchargers. Okay. And why they have sort of started to disappear. I mean, they've been disappearing for a long yeah. period of time. But why is that? And there's a few obvious reasons, a few not so obvious reasons. Oh, well, famous famous listener Will will be happy with that because we can talk about the supercharger on his Mini that he used to have. There we go, yeah. So, Well, I, I really like that. Uh, 
was gutted when they took away the supercharged Mini Cooper S. Yeah. So, well, yeah. that can be one of the cars we shall bring into the discussion. Um, and then we had, yeah, the driver of the Yaris. So that is us for the episode, Sam. Oh, well, there you I go. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. No quiz from me this no week. No quiz. Because Sam said my one last... Oh, sorry, and we did do Sam's fastest car, which was that road in. Yeah, well, it's, you're lucky I can't it. swear on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we no quiz because Sam said the previous quiz was so good. So basically, for the next one, you want me to come up with a quiz? Uh, if you could, mate. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to give me a topic, or am I just going to go away and come up with a game and Actually, come that's a good it? point. Do we have anything of? Uh, do we have anything of recent topics that we could? I'm sure I can think of something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll have a think. I will on think that one. of a game. Um, because my games are top notch. I'm surprised I haven't been called by television companies to put my games I on. I think they keep sending the message on Instagram, so I don't, they, oh, well, they don't make they... it through to you. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. As ever, um, you've got the podcast, you've got the website, The Miles Driven. You've got, uh, you can message Sam, Facebook. Yep. Message myself. Message Instagram, me, I'm lonely. And uh, then we've got <laughs> YouTube. If you want to watch any of our videos, um, we'll, we'll be soon be doing some of our own well we do our own videos but we do buyers guides okay um whereas sam will soon be making his uh screen time appearance yay (laughs) i think there is actually one or two of us doing this podcast some of our early videos yeah there is but we need to get some more up to date yeah well we've got some test driving to do so good look forward to it thanks for listening everyone we'll see you in the next one see ya